Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank our sponsor, R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Don't forget, you can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Boy, is there a lot to discuss. Now, for the record, I don't know why I said for the record. I was just, I'm going to give you a bit of advice as we start off here. Listen to Ted Cruz's podcast. You have to. It is imperative that you listen to this. The last episode where he had Senator Lindsey Graham on, basically Michael Knowles, who has a pretty popular podcast in and of himself, he works with or for uh, uh, Ben Shapiro over at the Daily Wire, and he has his own podcast, which is okay. Very informative. He's a little dry for my taste, but so is so is Ben, but they're very smart. And they they are very well read and they present their case very, very well. I tend to like, you know, uh, chair throwing and beer chugging and that sort of thing on my podcast. But that's just me. Uh, But they're both very smart. And Michael Knowles is basically the host of the Ted Cruz podcast. And then Ted Cruz comes on with him every every episode. And they also brought in Lindsey Graham. They did the show after the vote, which happened at the end of the show on Friday to not call witnesses. And they told us what happened. What an amazing bit of access to what was going on in that entire process, how they got Lamar Alexander and Lisa Murkowski to join them, because those are the two wild cards, why it was so important. And a lot of this we have been telling you, it was just interesting to hear the strategy behind it. For example, we, and I know everybody else has been telling you as well, Michael Bolton's, his so-called bombshell, not Michael Bolton, I did it again. John Bolton. Sorry, Michael. John Bolton, his so-called bombshell in the New York Times, which, by the way, has never been verified. Uh, The lawyers for Bolton say this is not an accurate representation of what he said. Um, It it is important that everybody kind of keep that in mind. But it wouldn't change anything. And that's, you know, right out of the gate. That was something that I was telling you on social media when we heard about it and then on the show. It doesn't matter what Bolton alleges because what he is alleging is not at all relevant to the case, nor would it change anything, nor is what Bolton alleged, nor is that illegal. So you have to factor these things in. You get, you may not like it. All right, cool. You may not like it. If you take the New York Times' version of what they think Bolton put in his draft, even though they don't have the draft themselves, If you take their word for it and it's all truthful, even though it's not at this point in time, we don't have any confirmation of that. I'm just saying hypothetically, if what Bolton said is true and what is alleged he said about the president is true, not a crime, not impeachable, not relevant to the impeachment trial. We have been saying that from the very beginning. And in fact, this is on the uh, the Ted Cruz podcast, they go over this. And that was one of the ways that they were able to get Lamar Alexander and Lisa Murkowski to come aboard. Uh, And they actually drugged the president's legal team kicking and screaming down this path in getting them to play along with this. So Ted Cruz and and Lindsey Graham, two very good lawyers from different courts, they're going through this process. They wrote a lot of the questions, by the way, that other Republicans asked. And every single question was designed to do one thing. Get Lamar Alexander and Lisa Murkowski to vote against witnesses. That's what it was. And here's the reason why. Not because of a cover-up or any other stupid nonsense like that. There is no cover-up because there's no crime here. 
But going after the Supreme Court if you get a 50-50 tie. And in fact, in fact, the reason that um, they think that they actually won this vote was Elizabeth Warren's partisan question of Justice Roberts. When she said that he was basically a partisan hack up there. Now, this is the chief justice of the United States Supreme Court is presiding over the impeachment trial. When she did that, not only did it elicit a reaction from him, but it also elicited a reaction from everybody. We documented a little bit of it on the show. I didn't focus on it. But people were upset, and there's a lot of senators who were upset. And those senators, basically, the ones who were undecided on this, they said what that did when Elizabeth Warren made that, that question towards Roberts, and she, she submitted that, and basically accused him of being a partisan hack and working with the, working with the, uh, the Republicans to cover up some crime or something of that nature. When she did that, what she did, keep in mind, she's a Harvard law professor. Not a very good legal move by a law professor. What she did is she showed that the impeachment process was political, and had nothing to do with merits of the accusations against the president. And in fact, uh, Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham were saying, we believe that that was one of the critical moments of all of this, that Elizabeth Warren is likely the person who sunk the impeachment trial for the Democrats. Okay, Sunk it because she displayed open partisanship in her line of questioning, which was submitted to the chief justice. And as a result... All of these senators who are looking at this and trying to do their due diligence and actually be fair and open-minded about it, they saw it for what it was. Even though all of us saw it for what it was, and Lisa Murkowski and Lamar Alexander probably should have seen it for what it was regardless. Uh, but it was an amazing thing. I'm only partway through the episode, and I'm telling you, the first 15 minutes of the episode, you are going to get all of the knowledge you ever needed about the impeachment trial. So I do highly recommend it. Uh, and then, you know, you should, you should really be subscribed to, like, two podcasts, mine and then Ted Cruz's. Uh, <laughs> so nobody else's uh, just just ours. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it was it was a very eye opening experience because here I have two two United States senators, uh, one of whom I respect greatly, one of whom I no longer hate and am growing to appreciate more in Lindsey Graham. I'm I'm never been a fan of Lindsey Graham, but um, without McCain around, Lindsey Graham is coming into his own. I think, and I have tremendous respect for Ted Cruz. Even though I've mocked him and things like that and made fun of him, he was my guy for president. I hope he's president one day. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I just, I, I absolutely just genuinely like the man. So when I see or hear these two individuals break down what I have been telling you and what I've been telling you is accurate, yes, it's a validation, but it's also they can do it in a way that I can't because they're there and I'm not. And they're able to explain the nuances of why, when somebody said something specific, uh, Adam Schiff made a critical error. And, and I told you, I ran down a list of several errors that he made throughout the, the impeachment trial, but he made a critical error on that last day. And he actually made an error about Bolton, which spurred Ted Cruz, he said, to get up, go to the cloakroom. Lindsey Graham went with him, and they were able to get a transcript of what Adam Schiff said and they got it to Lamar Alexander and Lisa Murkowski because Adam Schiff made the case that quid pro quo, quid pro quo, I'm just, I am simplifying this for the sake of the audience, okay? 
that the quid pro quo essentially wouldn't even matter all that much. Okay? So, they went to the president's legal team, and they said, look, we have to get you, this is the question, we have to get you on board with us asking if what Bolton is saying is true. Would it make a difference? And the president's team, of course, doesn't want to go there because they've accused Bolton of not telling the truth. Uh, Bolton's lawyers are saying that that's uh, what the New York Times wrote was not true uh, of the, the draft that he submitted. And they have this whole defense set up of, look, Bolton is not telling the truth about this or the New York Times is not telling the truth about what Bolton says that, I, that the president said. And so to get the president's team on board, having established that what he's alleging didn't happen, to go to the hypothetical of if the president did actually say it, which puts them in a position to be accused of flip-flopping, right? If the president did say what Bolton allegedly says he said, would it make a difference? That was the question that won Lisa Murkowski and Lamar Alexander over in the vote on Friday afternoon. Because here's exactly what I've been telling you from the very beginning. What the New York Times says is in Bolton's draft of his book is completely and totally irrelevant to the case, nor would it be an impeachable offense on its own. So what they were able to do is they submitted that question and then the president's legal team answered the question, again, from a legal perspective, if the president did do what he's been accused of doing by Bolton's draft, according to the New York Times, it would not matter. It would not be an impeachable offense. It would not be a crime and it wouldn't matter in this impeachment hearing at all. Now, why is that important? Well, that's important because it convinced Lisa Murkowski and Lamar Alexander that if it wouldn't make a difference to have Bolton testify, then we don't need him to testify. And if Bolton doesn't need to testify, there's nobody else out there who needs to testify because nobody else is going to bring anything new to the trial. So it got Lamar Alexander... And it got, um, so it got Lamar Alexander and it got Lisa Murkowski to say, no, we don't need witnesses. And that's what ended up happening. And uh, their insights on why they were going for a 50-50 tie so they could go after Chief Justice Roberts and make this political was um, I, very scary, actually, to be perfectly honest with you. But what an amazing, uh, what an amazing podcast and insight on what happened on Friday. Now, the title of this live stream, if you're watching it on video is that the whistleblower is going to testify. But he's not going to testify at the impeachment trial. We'll talk about that coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. If you missed Rush Limbaugh's big announcement today, we're going to replay that at 3.30. Okay, when we come back from Fox News, we will replay Rush Limbaugh's announcement in its entirety. I usually don't play seven and a half minute audio, but I felt that this one was important enough for us to play. So we will do that again coming up at 335. If you missed his announcement today, it is a it is a major announcement to say the least. We'll have that at 335. In the meantime, I'm talking about what is happening with the impeachment trial. They're doing closing arguments and stuff like that today. But it was interesting. I just wanted to start off with you need to listen to Ted Cruz's podcast because the insight of how the vote happened on Friday is it's I mean, honestly, it's very, very interesting, really. 
If you are at all interested in, in learning more about this process and how it went the way that it went, why it went the way that it went, and uh, why certain people voted certain ways and why some questions were asked and why not calling witnesses was so important, then you can you can certainly get all of that information just in listening to the previous, the last episode, which happened on Friday evening. And it, again, it's it's just been phenomenal insight with this entire process. Now, with that said... Those of you who are watching on YouTube and Twitch at Casey the Host, instead of just listening on the radio or the live stream, um, I the title of the stream is that the whistleblower is going to testify. But the whistleblower is not going to testify to the impeachment trial. The whistleblower is going to testify in the Senate Intelligence Committee, at least according to Lindsey Graham. Now, this is in the Washington Examiner. Lindsey Graham. The Senate Intelligence Committee will call the Ukraine whistleblower. Now, of course, the whistleblower is Eric Charamella. Last week, I went over all of the legal reasons why he is not entitled to anonymity. It does not exist. Okay, Anybody who still maintains that he is supposed to have anonymity is either lying to you or really, really, really lazy and not at all making an attempt to look this up. Let me me tell you how lazy some people are. I'm going to give you an example. When I did my thread, I think it was Thursday that I did my my thread on this, where I pointed out the legal, uh, the actual clause, which is the Whistleblower Protection Act of 1998, okay? I actually pointed that out where it specifically says that the ICIG is the only party that has to maintain anonymity to, to protect against any retribution from the chain of command of whoever the whistleblower ends up being, Okay. And it's purely to protect them from professional retribution. So demotion, firing, pay cuts, uh, that sort of stuff. There's nothing to do with protecting them because they think the president of the United States is going to kill them or whatever it is, which is the nonsense that some people have tried to make uh, with Eric Charamella. Now, I went over the, the actual law of that, and I've done that on the show, but I did this on social media with screenshots. And I also pulled experts from NPR and the Washington Post, including the former executive director of the whistleblower program. Now, this is an individual who knows more about whatever protections there is for a whistleblower than anybody else who has not held that position, okay? And that individual made crystal clear, Dewey, uh, made crystal clear that you are not entitled to any anonymity protections. Furthermore, I pulled the former director of the CIA. Then I pulled former intelligence officials Uh, with uh, President Obama. And I did this multiple times, and I just screenshot all of their quotes on how the whistleblower is not entitled to these protections. Zero. Okay? And I posted them. And I told everybody, this is from NPR, and I took a screenshot of the title of of the article. This is from the Washington Post. Did the same thing. And do you know what I got? This is how lazy people are. This is where I keep telling you, if people would put a fraction of the energy and effort into doing their research that they do into fighting on social media, they would be much more informed and the world would be a much better place. Instead of this immediate, visceral outrage that people have from some post. Now, I, this is just the nature of who I am because of what I do for a living, I think. When I see somebody post something, I go, huh, that seems weird. Let me look it up. The average person doesn't do that. The average person goes, either no or yes. And they just go, right? They don't have any facts. They just go. And you know, it's funny because Alex is on the live stream right now. He's always on the live stream. But he was getting into it with some really, really brain-dead idiots on Twitter that evening. It's called the Whistleblower Protection Act. 
which is hysterical because in the thread that they're commenting on, I actually quote the former executive of the whistleblower program who says it is the worst named law in the history of Congress because <laughs> so, it doesn't provide protections for whistleblowers. But again, their whole perspective is, well, it's, it's called that, isn't it? None of them bothered to look up what I said. But I had one person who commented on my screenshot of the NPR article, which had the author and the title of the article. And I, of course, I told them who the individuals were. You could see the quotes and who published the article, which is NPR at the time. And they said, oh, it's interesting you didn't post any links to these articles. Basically accusing me of lying. Which, Joe, how long does it take to find something if somebody puts a screenshot of the article on there and tells you the source? All you gotta do is NPR title of the article. It's the first thing that's gonna pop up. The first thing that will pop up. But they were, here's the thing. Instead of going to Google and typing the title, instead of doing that, which would have brought them the article... They posted a diatribe against me. Didn't even bother to verify what I was saying was true, even though it had screenshots of the article with them. What do you think I was doing? Photoshopping all of them? I mean, there are people, I suppose, that do that. Um, so, okay. But what would they do if, if I, it looked photoshopped? They would have gone through an entire process, hours-long process, to debunk the Photoshop. But they could not spend 10 seconds doing an internet search for the thing that I told them, not only did I give them the name of it, who was responsible for it, and who published it. They couldn't do it. They chose to attack me instead. Weird, right? But that's the world we live in. So anyway, Washington Examiner. The Senate Intelligence Committee plans to call the whistleblower whose complaint was the impetus for the impeachment proceedings against President Trump, according to Lindsey Graham. With impeachment headed to a likely acquittal next week, Senator Lindsey Graham described on Sunday... How Republicans in the chamber are geared up for investigations on three fronts. The Senate Intel Committee under Richard Burr has told us that they will call the whistleblower. That's what uh, he told Fox News Sunday morning. Now, let's see. I want to understand how all of this crap started, he said. Uh, For the record, Lindsey Graham uh, uses the word bleep hole quite a bit in the Ted Cruz podcast. Just, you know, he's he's apparently got a salty mouth. Uh, the impeachment effort began to take root with the emergence last year of a whistleblower complaint raising concerns about a July phone call, yada, 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 yada. If the whistleblower is a former employee of, associate of Joe Biden, I think that would be important. If the whistleblower was working with people on Schiff's staff that wanted to take Trump down a year and a half ago, I think that would be important. If the Schiff staff people helped write the complaint, that would be important. We're going to get to the bottom of all of this to make sure this never happens again. That is Lindsey Graham. Now, this is important because the alleged whistleblower, Eric Charamella, worked with Joe Biden going back to at least 2015. Uh, We know that he was working with several other Democrats. We know that he was a partisan Democrat. So if you're going to say the president can't investigate corruption, a constitutionally mandated authority that he has, of Americans, including politicians, that he can't do that because it's political reasons, then what is a whistleblower complaint from somebody who worked with Joe Biden? Wouldn't that be the same thing? Especially since they didn't have firsthand, did not even have firsthand knowledge of it. So this is going to be very, very interesting to say the least. This whole process is not done. And again, closing arguments are happening now. Uh, we heard that the hope is that this impeachment trial ends Wednesday. All right, that's the latest that we have. It could go longer than that. 
Uh, the latest that we have is that they're hoping to uh, put it to an end on Wednesday after closing arguments are done today and tomorrow. So that's where we're at. But then the Senate Intelligence Committee looks to call the whistleblower. All right. We're going to go ahead and replay Rush Limbaugh's big announcement today. If you missed it, if you didn't hear it on Rush Limbaugh's show, uh, you don't want to miss this. This is a big one. We're going to play that here next after news right here on 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Can you cue my audio, please? If you missed it today, right here on 95.3 MNC, Rush Limbaugh had a major announcement on his radio program right before the end of his show. I don't need to tell you what happened. What I should do is just play you the entire thing. So this is what happened on Rush Limbaugh's show here on 95.3 MNC today. Limbaugh, the EIB network. Ladies and gentlemen, this um, this day has been uh, one of the most difficult days in recent memory for me. Because I've known this moment was coming in the program today. I'm sure that you all know by now, I really don't like talking about myself. And I don't like making things uh, about me other than in the usual satirical, parodic, joking way. I like this program to be about you and the things that matter to all of us. The one thing that I know that has happened over the 31 plus years of this program is that there has been an incredible bond that has developed between all of you and me. Now, this program's 31 years old, and in that 31, there are people, you hear them call all the time, and they've been listening the whole time. They've been listening 30 years or 25 years. Just had somebody say they've been here three years. But whatever, it is a family-type relationship to me. And I've, I've, I've mentioned to you that this program is, and this job, uh, is what has provided me the greatest satisfaction and happiness that I've ever experienced, more than I've ever thought that I would experience. So I have to tell you something today that I wish I didn't have to tell you. And it's it's a struggle for me because I I had to inform my staff earlier today I can't escape, even though telling people are telling me it's it's not the way to look at it. I, I can't help but feel that I'm letting everybody down with this. But the upshot is that I have been diagnosed with advanced lung cancer. Diagnosis confirmed by two medical institutions back on January 20th. Uh, first realized something was wrong on my birthday weekend, January 12th. And I wish I didn't have to tell you this. And I thought about not telling anybody. I thought about trying to do this without anybody knowing, because I don't like making things about me. But there are going to be days that I'm not going to be able to be here because I'm undergoing treatment or I'm 
reacting to treatment. And I know that that would inspire all kinds of curiosity with people wondering what's going on. And the worst thing that can happen is when there is something going on and you try to hide it and cover it up. It's eventually going to leak, and then people are going to, why didn't you just say it? Why just did it? Why, why do you try to fool everybody? And it's not that I want to fool anybody. It's just that I, I don't want to burden anybody with it, and I haven't wanted to. Um, but it is what it is. And you know me. I'm the mayor of Realville. So this has happened, and my intention is to come here every day I can. And to do this program as normally and as competently and as expertly as I do each and every day, because that is the source of my greatest satisfaction professionally, uh, personally. I've had so much support from uh, family and, and friends during this that it's it's just it's it's been tremendous. I told the staff today that I have a deeply personal relationship with God that I do not proselytize about. But I do, and I have been working that relationship <laughs> tremendously, um, which I do regularly anyway, but I've, I've been focused on it intensely for the past couple of weeks. I know there are many of you in this audience who have experienced this, who are going through it yourselves at the same time. I am at the moment experiencing zero symptoms other than, I, look, I don't want to get too detailed in this, what, what led to shortness of breath that I thought might have been asthma or, um, you know, I'm 69, could have been my heart. My heart's in great shape, ticking away fine, squeezing and pumping great. It was not that. It was uh, a pulmonary problem involving malignancy. So I'm going to be gone the next couple of days as we figure out the treatment uh, course of action and have further testing done. But as I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here as often as I can. And as is the case with everybody who finds themselves in a circumstance, you just want to push ahead and try to keep everything as normal as you can, which is something that I'm going to try to do. But felt that I had to tell you, uh, because that's the kind of relationship I feel like I have with those of you in this audience. I say it every Christmas which is when I feel more thankful than at Thanksgiving. And I feel thankful at Thanksgiving, but Christmas, it really gets to me. But over the years, a lot of people have been very nice telling me how much this program has meant to them. But whatever that is, it pales in comparison to what you all have meant to me. And I can't, I can't describe this, but you know, I know you're there every day. I can see you. It's, it's strange how I am, but I know you're there. I know you're there in great numbers, and I know that you understand everything I say. The rest of the world may not when they hear it expressed a different way, but I know that you do. You've been one of the greatest sources of uh, confidence that I've had in my life. So I hope I will be talking about this as little as necessary in the coming days, but we've got a great bunch of 
doctors, a great team assembled. We're at full speed ahead on this. And it's just now a matter of implementing what we are going to be told later this week. So I'll be back here. I hope you'll be back. All right. We wish Rush Limbaugh all the best. we got more coming up. We stock 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. By the way, you want to watch the live stream, you can go to youtube.com slash Casey the host. That's C-A-S-E-Y. You can also go to twitch.tv slash Casey the host. And if you would, please hit that like button and the subscribe button. If you want notifications for when we go live or upload new videos, click on that bell icon and select all notifications, please. To the phone lines we go. Paul, welcome to the program. Hi, Casey. Let me take you out. What's up? Okay. Hey, uh, yeah, just, uh, boy, you know, I dreaded this day. I dreaded this day. Um, well, I hope you can find it. My wife's fighting it, too. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a sad day when he goes, but hopefully uh, he still has years ahead. Um, I know cancer, even though if you do beat it, that lung cancer has a tendency to come back, come back, come back, kind of. Yeah. Um, so it's something he's going to fight for the rest of his life, I know, uh, by experience. <clears throat> um, well, and, yeah, my, I lost my grandpa to it. And I know that there's a lot of people out there, and, you know, and your your wife, you said, was going through it as well. And I mean, wish you the best. I mean, it's it's not fun. Thank you. Um, it's, you know, I, I wish him the best. But, you know, again, depending on what treatment he's doing and how it's going to affect him, I would expect that he's probably going to be gone quite a bit. Yeah. And well, he said advanced, right? So, he said advanced. Yeah. So he's yeah. gonna he's definitely gonna be gone quite a bit. I know the next couple of days are gonna go over some treatment options with him, and and then he'll make his decision on what he's going to do. Um, you know, and all yeah. you can do is 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 uh, hope for the best and pray for the best. <laughs> uh, same with everybody else who's fighting, including your wife. Yeah, I feel like he's uh, my brother. You know, I've listened to him since uh, 1988. Um, and you know, if uh, it gets the best of them, I'm, I'm a little cry. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he's my brother. I hear you. Um, well, I've I... gotten to be that way, kind of, with you also. Uh, you're a real blessing for the area here. I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's high praise. And honestly, you know, we're we're pulling for your wife as well. You know, all the best with that. Yeah, thanks, right. Casey. You take care. Right. Bye bye. It's um yeah, it's it's uh it's a tough day. You know, we've all kind of those of us who are in the industry we kind of know when rush takes time off and you know he'll take time off if it's a really bad cold or the flu or something of that nature but you know this hasn't been in his usual time off schedule so it's been a little strange and i think you know some of us just thought that he was maybe you know just battling one of these flus that are going around you know they've got that really bad 48 hour one that's happening they got the really bad five day thing that was happening and we thought maybe he was dealing with that um and so, you know, the, the announcement today just kind of came out of left field. And it's a little interesting. I haven't looked, and nor do I want to. But it's a little interesting that last week we were talking about how people react when people on the other political side, you know, get sick or pass away or uh, even get shot in the case of the uh, congressional baseball field shooting and things of that nature. I am sure that there is going to be a lot of hate thrown Rush Limbaugh's way. And what I would encourage you to do is not combat that with the same type of hate, but in reverse. What I would encourage you to do is remember 
how those types of people treat somebody and conduct yourself in the exact opposite way. Now that's I know that there is an instinct to defend, and I appreciate that. I'm sure that Rush appreciates that, but um, he is a man of faith, and he doesn't talk about that a lot on his show. He really doesn't, but he is. And this is not, I don't think that he would want his people to go out there and be as mean-spirited as the people who don't like him will inevitably be on social media. And I hope that I am pleasantly surprised, but I have doubts. We've got a lot more coming up. Newstalk 95.3.